Digital Sift is proudly supported by the Murdoch University School of Arts. If you're looking for a creative degree, they might be able to help you out. If you're keen to learn more, just head for the website at murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts to find out what they've got on offer. That again was murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts, or you can just search Murdoch University for more information. Murdoch University of School of Arts proudly supporting Pixel Sift. Pixel Sift. Hello and welcome to episode 156 of Pixel Sift, the show dedicated to indie games from around Australia and the world. My name is Fiona Bartholomew, and joining me tonight is my co-host Mitch. Hey, thanks for joining us, Mitch. Yes, I'm here. Back very in the chair. Ex- very excited. <laughs> yeah. And we've also got a guest with us tonight, uh, Brigitte Renner, art director at Mojican Studios. Hey, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, and thank you for having me. Yes, yeah, so we'll be talking to Brigitte about Mojican Studios' new game, When the Past Was Around. Why don't we jump straight into it? Australia's best video game podcast. Subscribe to Pixel Sift on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. So our guest this evening is Brigitte Renner, who is the art director at Mojican Studio, and she's here to talk about their new game, When the Past Was Around. Just to, to start off, for people who may not know, what is When the Past Was Around? Yeah, uh, so When the Past Was Around is a short adventure point and click game about love, moving on, letting go, and the joy and pain of everything in between. Uh, it tells a story of Ada, an aspiring violinist who almost give up on her dream, who fall in love with another violinist in the form of an owl-headed man. So what made you decide to, to have the other character as an owl-headed man? It's it's quite an unusual de- uh, design and a character, but I really liked how he looked. He looked very nice. Uh, thank you. So uh, at first, what is it? We plan to make some kind of beast as a lover from the start. So uh, I, I've kind of obsessed with uh, the beast and the girl duo things. Just like uh, I take reference from the ancient Marcus Bright comic book by Kora Yamasaki or uh, The Girl from the Other Side by Nagabe. So I, I really like the peace and the beauty vibe in here. Uh, at first, we didn't know what kind of piece we should portray him. So since I love drawing both and plan, I think it's better to just starting from what I love, so I want to make a bird-headed man or a plant-headed man for these beast characters. Um, after a little searching, I choose an owl because owl represent wisdom, knowledge, and owl is guardian of the past. So I think that's what our protagonist Edda, uh, that it what she need in this difficult st- stage of her life in the game. We we have a, like we we see the owl very early in the game, and um, you kind yeah. of kind of discover what he looks like. Um, was it was the decision very early on to have you know exactly what he looked like from the beginning? Uh, yeah. So before creating, uh, what is it? Designing the whole puzzle game and everything. I I, ju- uh, I love to make some kind of mock-up because I'm an artist. Uh, I love to draw the concept first, so. 
I think I already know uh, what kind of character I want in it to be, what kind of art style I want this game to be, so something like that. So how many concept designs did you go through for both the girl and um, her partner before you decided all oh, these were the ones? Uh, a lot. <laughs> but I think uh, the, what is it? The process is just on me. So I, I since uh, we are a very small studio, so we didn't have to validate ourselves to so many people, I guess. And uh, so if... If I see it fit, so I think we can just go with it. And uh, I make a small validation that I share it on Twitter, on Instagram, on our social media. And uh, people's reaction to these two characters are good. So I think, yeah, we could go. What parts of your culture do you hope... <laughs> what, what parts of your culture do you hope come across in your games most of all? Oh, uh, I think I want to put uh, the more, what is it, the more slice of life things from my culture because, uh, what is it, we in Indonesia love to bring like the traditional culture into games, into our uh, comic book and film, but sometimes we almost forget that. Uh, our everyday life, our way of life, how we talk to each other in our country, it's part of our culture and I want to bring that simplicity to our game so I think that's what I want to bring the architecture the I think the environment in this current days something like that and why is it important that the the games that you create have bits of your culture in it what does it mean for you to be able to share that with everyone uh actually I I before I love what is it I love how the Japanese animation and games that are, are what is it? Uh, they can bring that everyday life into their creation, in their uh, comic books, in animation. So I think I have kind of inspired by that. And because I was, what is it, uh, growing up reading Japanese comic books, so uh, that's kind of. Uh, mission i guess <laughs> so i it's like if uh, i want to bring what japanese people do with my own culture with indonesian culture so i think we have to what is it uh sometimes in my country it's like people love they'll aspire to go to japan because they already read them uh the comic book the animation something like that. So I I try, I think it's a good way to, what is it, to represent my country in a most subtle way in our everyday life that everyone can relate to it. So, yeah. How did you achieve the uh, subtlety of of the game? I think uh, the subtlety is like, uh, I try to make the story, the, what is it, the character gesture as uh, common as possible so so many people can relate to it, but uh, I try to put, uh, what is it, the environment, I try, uh, I take reference from my hometown environments and uh, sometimes I try to make the, what is it, character gesture that are 
uh, common in this Indonesia. It's like we, uh, I think, as for example, like uh, these two connection are a lover, and in Indonesia we uh, rarely show any public display affection in here. So I t- whenever these two couple are in public, uh, I try to what is it to portray the what is it uh, decency i think it's not the right work <laughs> uh i think to try to portray how they the gesture how they do it, uh, with without so much public display affection and yeah but at the same time i i want to show that they are still loving each other I hope that makes sense. <laughs> no, that makes lots of sense. And playing the, the game, it was really beautiful just seeing their progression of them meeting each other and falling in love. I thought it was a really nice, short and sort of simplistic love story that we can all, in a way, understand and relate to, I guess. Yeah, thank you. Now, could you could you also walk us through a bit of the art style? It's quite a nice, soft sort of art style. It reminds me a bit of... Uh, like graphic novels and things like that? So for the art style, I think uh, I take so much reference from the illustrator that I like. So uh, I take reference from Pung, Maurisakai, and Yuko Hibuchi. So uh, three of them have a warm kind of was out color mood that looked like an old photo. Uh, and I love how Pung created the couple everyday life in every illustration. So uh, maybe some poses you can find the similarity from Pung's artworks and what you found in the game. And for Maori Sakai's art, I love how she, what is it, uh, portray the simple everyday life, but also it feels magical in some kind of way and Yuko Hikuchi is more like uh, I like the mysterious vibe she draws so uh, I think because this character is this kind of owl-headed man so I try to make him uh, what is it more more warm but at the same time he, see, uh, he feels kind of aliens to us so I want to bring that mysteriousness in our so yeah uh from these three uh illustrators uh we make adjustment and trying to simplify where we feel comfortable enough because this art is worked by not just me but also so many people helping me as well in the art and the result is what you see in the game uh, can you tell us more about how you used color in the game? Um, it's not as bright as your previous game, uh, she, she and the Light Bearer. Yeah, sure. Uh, the color, uh, if in She, I use some kind of like cold color tone. So in this, because I want to capture like uh, the warm feeling of love and the nostalgic feeling like we are opening a photo book. So I try to make it more... Uh, warm color tone and yeah I think that's I think and the selfish reason is that uh, because I already know how to 
color in a what I did in she and the light barrel where I use like blue and cold color zone I want to explore in the area that I did not before. Uh, what was the reason for having hand-drawn art in the game? Uh, I think it's because uh, because I like it. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I see what what is it? My team can do that. I mean, uh, I I'm before I'm making uh, what is it? Before I thinking that this game was made for game. At first, I was solely thinking about the aesthetic of the artwork. So uh, it's more like kind of selfish idea at first. Uh, but then after after we agree that this art is okay, then uh, not just me. So there are so many people in studio also help me. Like how to, uh, what is it? How to, what can we do so that this specific hand-drawn art style can be uh, duplicated by other team members? So I think it's just solely because the aesthetic and I love to make, uh, what is it, a good art in a game. So you said that the art style needs to be easily duplicated by other team members. Um, what, what, do you to make, what do you do to make that process easier for your other team members? Uh, so, uh, uh, I think, uh, before I, I, I was, I love to make the art that are, what is it, that are so unique and we can find it in any game, I guess. But, uh, at the same time in, in She and the Like Beetle, I was kind of, um, I solely pursue that uniqueness and I didn't, uh, what is it? I didn't try to, I didn't consider other talents in our studio. So I have to work it alone with my background artist at the time. And for this one, uh, I got help from many people. So bef- uh, before I make the aesthetic of this, uh, when the password around game, uh, I try to what is it? I try to see uh, what our talent in our studio can make. So uh, in our studio, we always love a good line out. So I try to push that, and that will be our uh, what is it? Main point of view of the art, and because. I, in a previous project in Sion de la Perla, so many people cannot uh, duplicate my, what is it, color mode. So I try to make the color of this game as simple as possible. So other people can just try to put it there and that's it. Uh, and as the art style, I think I'm using more like, realistic environment art style so uh, they didn't have to think about how to stylize this kind of environment just like in the she and the like below so they can do what is it they just need the uh, references objects or backgrounds references and they can just draw it and i all i can uh, all i do is 
just make sure that uh, whatever line out they make is uh, good enough. And that's it, I guess. Like, how how did it feel to have to for it to be necessary to kind of simplify your style uh, for someone else to emulate to help them help you make the game? I think it's uh, really necessary because uh, what is it? In the end, game is uh, something that we uh, that are made by so many people. So I think it's it's more important to what is it to to find the best possible comfortable way for my team to work on this game. So I I have to embrace what they can do and what they cannot do. So I think simplifying things is more important than what is it chasing my egoist idealistic things i guess so yeah i i mean even though we put the simplify thing we always think is it is it still good enough to make or if we simplify this what we lost or what we gain something like that and we see we gain more by simplifying things simplify the art style and yeah so that we are good to go with that now uh rena this game was made under the mojiken um, the mojiken camp program yes. that, that your studio runs um can you tell me more about how that works and how that how ideas um formed in that in that program uh become fully fledged games like um when the past was around uh so at First, uh, what is it? So, Mojikan Camp, I, I think I should explain first that Mojikan Camp is our some kind of internal game jam because we, we love to take a break from developing our big game in every two years. Uh, we love to, in this, we love to, what is it? Uh, present its, its of our member ideas about game and what we can do and going so full experimenting things and in from uh i think it's from from two years ago that uh i was proposing to make when the past was around and from this when the past was around is more like what is it we try to make the game, uh, I think it's more like image mock-up that we are uh, show, show it in our social media. So we can, uh, we, uh, what is it? We ask people to vote which one of the idea that are catching their interest and uh, what, when the past was run was one of them. So from that, from that, after we see the voting, and so we try to make uh, what is it simple, a small small group, I guess, a small group of three people. Uh, so from there, uh, I make the prologue chapter, and I've got help from my two other member. One is Pandurukmi that are helping me doing the art. I especially uh, requested him because. He has a very good line art works, so that's one of my reasons why. Uh, what is it? Uh, I make the art style, 
and the second one is my programmer at the time, Dio. And for the full game, sadly, these two cannot continue working uh, with me. So uh, we are making uh, what is it? Recruiting other members, and we make a better, uh, not better, bigger. We uh, we make a bigger team to make this game into a full game. Now, we've been talking about uh, your process of creating art for the game, but I'm quite curious, how did you first get into game development? Uh, at first, it's more like, uh, actually, b- before uh, I met my uh, Mochiken team first in my college, so everyone is my college friend, and uh we are at first we are planning to make uh illustration studio so we are a visual communication design student at the time and we want to make a illustration studio but uh at some point of our time in this illustration studio we we found out that we want to what is it we want to make game and can we can we i think we kind of adventurous at the time because we're still student and all and we want to try everything. So we want to make games. So what can we do for this? So I think that's, that's, that's the start. So yeah, I was, uh, I, I love illustrating at first, but I think with game, we can, what is it? We can communicate more of our thought in that. Did you have to change much of your style going from illustrations to creating art and backgrounds and everything for games? Uh, I think the change is not from that, but the change, uh, I just realized that every time I make a new new project in a game, I have to change my art style so it's not from the illustration studio to the game studio but it's more like from its project uh its game project i guess so i think it's a good thing because i usually love to explore my art style and i think it's some kind of how i grow with it uh so Renna, can you explain what a typical work day looks like for you typical uh uh, before pandemic, I was just always, we always, uh, what is it? We always come to studio at 10 and we have a little meeting, what should we do and what should be done at that day. Uh, but because of the pandemic, I think, uh, what is it? Things kind of change. It's like uh, if before we have the meeting at 10, now we have the Discord meeting at uh, eleven, and it's uh, it's still the same. We still uh, talking about uh, our job description at for the day and what should we do and what should we not with what should we aim and I think it's still the same. But uh, for now, we all only go to our studio in in Wednesday every two weeks uh, to, what is it, to have this sprint meeting for one of our projects. So, yeah, 
but well, the rest is still the same, I guess, because we already have. I mean, uh, I think it's our privilege as game developer because we all we need to make game is uh, our what is it computer or our desktop or our laptop, and we can work it anywhere we go. So uh, from the development is like. Maybe there's some kind of like uh, we need to adjust and what is it? Because we are working from home, there we can make uh, what is it? We can we can be fully committed. We can fully focus on the work. So yeah, I think we have to adjust the timeline for the project as well. Is it important for you to have? All your games have a very different art style. Uh, I think personally, yes, because I love to explore more, and its game is what is it? Uh, it tells a different mood. It tells a different story. So I think uh, the art style is have to adjust that so people can receive the mood and the story of the game easily. So we've we've talked all about the game and also your involvement in art, how you got your start. But one thing we like to ask all the people on the show is, do you have any tips uh, for aspiring artists or aspiring game developers? Uh, maybe tips. <laughs> uh, I, I'm kind of afraid to give wrong tips. <laughs> uh, maybe just play game, I guess. So because. Whatever I'm, whatever design, whatever things I'm starting with is that because I was playing game, and don't be afraid to feel like your idea is too silly or it's too I don't know. At first, I I feel like my idea of a game is kind of girly, and I think in this, uh, what is it in this industry that I'll so so many men in it and lately it has so many about it has a lot of women also in here so don't think that this game is not good enough for other people because sometimes if you love love the design love the game i think there are somewhere out there that are the same people that i love your game too well that's all about it I I, lo- I love that answer. Yeah, that it, is a great answer. Because I, I I was I was playing it yesterday just to prepare for this interview, and I I was yeah I was in tears during it. <laughs> so it was like it 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 affected me your work, and uh, thank mm-hmm. thank you very much for for your creation uh, because it was it was fantastic. I liked it a lot. Thank you. But unfortunately, that is all that we have time for tonight. But, hey, if you want to find out more about the game, you can head to their Twitter page, which is at WPWA Game. And you can also check out Brigitte's Twitter at Crystal Nyam. That's Crystal N-Y-A-M. Thanks for being part of the show tonight, Brigitte. Yeah, thank you so much. Now, Pixel Sift is produced by Scott Quigg, Sarah Island, myself, Mitch Lowe, Daniel Ang, Adam Christo, and Gianni Di Giovanni is our executive producer. And we wouldn't have been able to make 156 episodes of Pixel Sift if we didn't have the support of Murdoch University. So go and check them out. Tell them that we sent you. And if you're keen to learn more about a creative, a great creative degree, head to murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts. 
That again was murdoch.edu.au forward slash arts. And as always, we'll be sticking links to everything we talked about in the show notes on our website at www.pixelsift.com.au. And you can also come join us on Discord. We'd love to have you there. That's pixelsift.com.au forward slash Discord, or you can find the button on our website uh, where you can share your creative work, talk about topics and games and anything else. That's pixelsift.com.au forward slash Discord. And if you know, and if you like what we do, can we ask you a favor? Uh, we need your help to share the show. So tell a friend, subscribe to your brothers and sisters, and start someone's journey into podcasts because we know that getting started is tricky, but once you're in, you'll love it too much to leave. And it really isn't tricky. Just push a button. Yeah, you, you yeah. can easily do it. But the next episode is on the 15th of October. Uh, we'll be back, well, not episode, we'll be back on the 15th of October playing Pixel Sift Plays. One of the many indie games that we feature on the show, maybe a bit of moving out, maybe not. We'll we'll see what we Johnny wants to us pull to stop. The hat. Johnny wants us to stop playing moving out, but I want to keep playing it anyway. But that's all for this week. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.